The worst fear of any parent is the death of their child. Funerals are expensive, and mortuary services often take advantage of people's pocketbooks at their most vulnerable moment. So skip these expensive funeral homes and come on down to Uncle Wally's Discount Child Coffins Warehouse. We have certified, pre-owned, infant, toddler, and prepubescent-sized coffins priced at less than half of what the other guys charge. You couldn't save your child, but you can save your money. Come see us at Uncle Wally's Discount Child Coffins in the Funeral District on 3rd. Mention this ad when you buy a coffin and get a 10% off coupon for your next child coffin purchase. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. get priority but we also review older horror movies both good and horrible wow that didn't sound good hello and welcome to horror movie talk i'm bryce and i'm david and uh today we got a great show we're going to be reviewing the possession of hannah grace I think this is maybe one of the most important shows we've <laughs> ever, literally ever done. Uh huh. This is a bespoke episode, um, and this is one of those things that uh, this marks a point, a moment in history, in horror movie talk history. Yes, and this will show you the value of <laughs> a certain Patreon tier. Um, I'm gonna say. This is not something that I super expected ever to happen. But no. we have our highest Patreon tier, which is called the Spoop Lord tier. And uh, with that, uh, you get all the perks that of everything that we do on Patreon. Plus, the most important one is only for this tier, you get a bespoke episode of your own choosing. You can tell us what movie to cover, what games to play, and... You can keep it to yourself if you want. This is like a, you it's, know, the, it's just for you, and you get to do what you want with it. Include take over our RSS feed for a week, right? So, and you get to come on the show. Yeah, if you're if you're an aspiring Martin Shkreli, like you can get a horror movie talk episode all to yourself and just withhold it. Um, but. You're lucky because... You have benevolent overlord You have today. a benevolent spoop lord. Um, what's... How does he want to go by? The bird? Yeah, this bird. This bird. So this bird signed up and uh, he's... He gave us a lot of money. Just a to, whole lot of money. <laughs> to uh, do this episode. Um, and he was benevolent because this isn't too bad of a movie. It's going to be like every other episode. We'll start out by giving a brief synopsis and a review for the film. Uh, we score on a scale of 1 to 10, and you guys all know what that means. Um, after the score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Um, if you're new to the show, since this will be posted, check out our website at horrormovietalk.com. Uh, we post new episodes every Wednesday 
and uh, please subscribe and leave us a review. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468, and uh, you may hear your voice on a future episode. You know, it should be noted, um, uh, so we there was some question as to how he wanted to go by. I think the best thing to do would be to call out his Instagram, um, because he does a lot of very cool artwork, um, and his Instagram is this underscore bird underscore um and he's it looks like he's out of austin texas so check out his instagram he does an absolutely tremendous amount of artwork over there all surrounding uh this bird that gives kind of like good advice or like or like positive life affirming messages Mm -hmm. and so it's good stuff you guys should check it out over there. He's got a lot more followers than us. <laughs> so it's, if that tells you anything, it's worth it's worth checking out. Right. Um, so later on, we'll bring this bird on the episode. We're, we're going to be playing a couple games. Uh, first, we're going to do bad reviews for good movies. And then we'll play the Rotten Tomatoes game. And since we have two players, we'll, we'll do it a little bit different. Um, and then we'll do uh, Horror Movie Horrors, where we'll check our voicemail and, and reply to you guys. And we'll Pretty- also be interviewing this bird. Yeah. yeah. And we'll talk to this bird. And, and uh, yeah, so we watched The Possession of Hannah Grace, um, and I uh, no comment. Here's I, the trailer. I didn't fill in what my witty statement was going to be. I think, like, I was so surprised at this movie I'd never heard of being. I, I don't know. I I just figured, like, I just was like the possession of Hannah Grace, and yeah. then, and I kind of had that connotation of being like, well, this is a movie you've never heard of. Buckle up. Uh-huh. And then I was like, oh damn. Yeah, it came out in 2018. This was actually one that slipped through the cracks of new releases for us. It, it came out November 30th. So we went back and, and saw the movie we covered on that weekend instead of this one, and we never followed it up, was The House That Jack Built. Oh. That's wh- how long ago it was. Wow. So, um, I mean, I'm I'm not sad that we covered The House That Jack Built instead, no. but we should have we should have come back to this one because yeah, it was, it was worth, worth seeing. Worth Anyways, seeing. here's the trailer. In the name of the Holy Spirit... This job is not for everyone. Because of the hours? Because the only co-workers are cadavers. I heard there were issues. Yes, there were issues. But I'm much better now. Welcome to the team. You're the new girl. Megan. Well, I got a weird one for you. Her name is Hannah Grace. And her family was performing an exorcism or something on her. Something went wrong. And she died in the middle of it. You know what they say. If an exorcism isn't completed, evil will find a new vessel. I believe when you die, you die. End of story. Then you're up for it? I can handle it. 
You've got to focus. Just breathe. When you die, you die. When you die, you die. When you die, you die. End of story. So the possession of Hannah Grace is, I'm going to say Hannah and Hannah at different times in this review, so just buckle up. Um, it's available for rent. It was apparently on Netflix for a while, but I think it stopped right when I was going to watch it. Uh-oh. No. Stop. Um, so yeah, the possession of Hannah Grace is not like your other possession movies. If you're expecting an exorcism in the denouement, you will be surprised that it's the opening scene, and it results in the death of the titular character. The yes. best way to describe this movie is that it's like the demon version of Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> it's a very similar... St- okay. Ignoring the Weekend at Bernie's comment, which is a crime, because that's a good comment. But... <laughs> It does start out very similar to the third conjuring. The devil made me do it, mm-hmm. which is like, here's the most insane thing. And then, yeah. And then it like, so it kind of sets it up in this incredible way. Yeah. But it is like weekend at Bernie's. It so, is. Yeah. This demon is possessed by, uh, Andrew shit. What's his name? This will be a great joke. It's worth it. This is, a. Uh... Possession by Andrew McCarthy and and uh, Jonathan Silverman. Who? The lead characters of Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, wow. That was a good or the, show. Or the lead, the lead actors in Weekend at Bernie's. Whatever. All right. <laughs> it's a timely reference, a 1989 I, film. <laughs> right? Well, you know, there's a bunch of Weekend at Bernie's. It could have been at least 91 or two also. Um. So the protagonist of this film, Megan Reed, played by Shay Mitchell, is a recovering alcoholic and pill popper that takes a new job as the intake assistant at a hospital morgue during the graveyard shift. (laughs) Hannah Grace's body is delivered to the morgue on her first night on the job, and as the night progresses, stranger and stranger things start happening. By the time that Megan realizes there is something fishy about Hannah the demon has gained enough power to start killing a lot of people. There are a lot of things that are good about the possession of Hannah Grace. First of all, it completely subverts the expectations of a possession film by not focusing on the lead-up to an exorcism. The writing is surprisingly competent, given it was written by a writer from Teen Wolf. Uh, I really liked how... Wow, where's this shade coming from? <laughs> I don't know. Is Teen Wolf good? Uh, I've never seen it. So probably I'm yeah. Okay. I don't watch all the good things. I really liked how they handled the exposition in the beginning and set up all the rules for a normal night at the morgue. Uh, there are some really good, uh, jump scares, especially from the ginger night security guard. Um, Kirby Johnson, who plays 
Hannah gives a great performance as a contortionist. Looks really super creepy when she's walking around. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. The biggest downfall of this film is when it gets really repetitive at the end. All the deaths are essentially the same, uh, so I wish they had a little more creativity around that. But they were effective in showing the hopelessness of the situation. Megan's character has an arc, but it seems a little paint by numbers and doesn't establish very strong stakes for the story. I guess we're worried that she'll die or worried that she'll have a relapse. Uh, I don't know. I never felt that strong of a connection to really care. It was more... I just have nothing in common with you. Just a vehicle to see... Who's who's Hannah going to kill next? Um, She's more there uh, to be a witness than anything else, the uh, protagonist. Overall, it was a pretty good film. I feel a little bad that we let it slip by when it was a new release. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. Um, You know, I... Boy, so what are you giving this? Um... I mean, I was surprised at, at how good it was, but um, like stepping back, it's not like an amazing film mm. by any stretch. Like it's well crafted, but not super creative and not really very, um, not super compelling in like the the main character or like the stakes. Of, mm. of what it establishes other than there's a scary monster. Yeah, I mean, you're not super, you're not super wrong. I mean, uh, I, I, so this has, this reminded me a lot of Jennifer's body. Uh, this has big time Jennifer's body vibes. Um, but it really is a pretty unique film in a lot of different ways. And uh, I really liked a lot of stuff about this film. Like, um Boy, the setting and the this the filming locations and was super great. Like, yeah, that that part was was pretty great. Like the the dark hallways and kind of the being it being kind of like and, this industrial, like concrete kind of like um, uh, very sort of oh, I don't know what's that kind of what's that architecture variety that's just like concrete and like oh like brutalism brutalism yeah it's a very cool morgue um or uh, uh what do you call it? coroner's office whatever yeah it was know. a morgue in the bottom of a boston hospital very cool uh very cool setting um pr- pretty cool premise too like especially it felt wobbly on that first scene it felt real like it could just tip over into just goofball territory right, right, right. Um, but it did not it really scooped that ball up and ran it in for me it ran it into the but more than anything the thing that i appreciated about this was it felt like one big um metaphor for um addiction and uh and recovery and the difficulties therein i mean i think you'd be hard pressed to say it wasn't uh exactly that the whole way through it's just like this you know the dragon chasing you you chasing the dragon and then it turning around and chasing you right mm-hmm. back you know kind of mm-hmm. um and watching your friends all kind of fall to that um to you know that uh that addiction monster and uh and so that's that's kind of how i read it and so it had a lot of um 
I had a lot of uh, investment into it hmm. um, because of that addiction through line and kind of uh, my family's past and just uh, just kind of seeing it for you know and then my personal uh, feelings about um, you know my your addiction to pills my addiction to pills i mean no um you know i mean if if you dabble in substances you know alcohol or anything really um at some point you you start to ask you know well how where am i in this journey like is this part am i an addict and uh and so you know i mean it's not like that i haven't thought about that and so in that regard, I like this movie a lot. And actually, it was a very spooky movie, too. Like, it had some great moments. So I really enjoyed it. Um, and it kept... I did... I wasn't checking my watch or anything like that. Um, I guess the it was kind of a little bit of a one-trick pony in terms of uh, the execution of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I still really had a good time. So I, for me, this is more of an eight out of ten. I really, I'm, I'm very surprised this slipped under so many people's radar. Hmm. So, I mean, I think it was mentioned back in, like, I saw it on lists hmm. of like the the better movies, better horror movies of 2018. But it just, it looked so not notable that I didn't feel bad about not seeing it. There's been so many possession and exorcism movies that just like, I mean, you're going to be compared to The Exorcist, and why even try at that point? You know, like I mean, it's the, pretty hard. Yeah, to, it is pretty hard. Uh, the 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 thing that had this had going against it the most, I think, was it sounds exactly like The Exorcism of Emily Rose, right? The possession of Hannah Grace, The Exorcist. I like I. It's it's right. Yeah, yeah. The Blank. There's there's a couple of some girl, right? And there's there's a couple of these and the possession, the exorcism of dot dot dot, um, and so that's why it's like yeah, I mean it, uh, I mean call yeah. it demon morgue or something. <laughs> that would be horrible. Call it demon weekend at Bernie's, you know. Demon at Bernie's. Yeah. 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 Um. So. I give it. Uh. I'm a little less generous. I give it a six out of ten. Um, it was, it, I was kind of on the fence between six and seven and I don't think it like, uh, goes over the edge of where I can say like, people should definitely see this movie. Like you could or couldn't, but it's good. Mm-hmm. It's better than average. Um, in terms of, of like craft and, and setting and, and, and that stuff, like it's, it's a very competent movie, but it's not. Not as engaging as some of the, like even the exorcism of Emily Rose. I think I was more engaged with that. Oh, than this one. well, yeah, but I mean, the exorcism of Emily Rose is pretty brilliant. Yeah. Like that's, if you're comparing it to the exorcism of Emily Rose, which you kind of have to because of the goofy name mm-hmm. similarities. But uh, if you're gonna like Emily Rose is yeah. top tier. And it's not even close to as good as Weekend at Bernie's. Are you serious? It's Weekend of Bernie's is like high cinema. It's true Kino. You know, I've I've never seen it. Really? Truly. Oh uh, well, I mean that'll be our next review then. 
What I mean, there's got a dead body in it. We could say it's horror, right? Yeah, the, the patrons, actually, it's funny you mention this. The patrons keep voting on, like, like Big and is, Tangential is horror like movies. Jumanji. Like, he's, yeah. he's like, hey, you guys going to... Are you guys gonna do Jumanji yet? And it's like, I mean, I guess if you guys all vote for, it, I guess like that's what's what good is a perk of being able right. to vote on movies unless you get to hear what you want. Yeah, I would, mean, our patrons haven't really taken advantage of the troll trolling opportunities that that vote gets them. Like, they could really, I mean, they could make us watch Cats. Yeah, once or twice they've they have, but it's, it's, I mean, it's, they, they, it's like herding cats is what right. it is to get them to move all together right. as one in a, in a big flock. Like the other one that kind of surprised me this week that was put on there was, uh, someone wants us to see Morbius. Oh yeah. Well, and yeah. I, like, I, I mean, I, I guess it's a vampire movie. Technically it's, it's a rated R vampire movie. Yeah. I have not heard good things about that movie. Well, yeah, but we, we've, prioritize new releases <laughs> and it's a horror movie is it a horror movie does it have the word horror in the designation I mean, we just talked about jumanji and weekend at bernie's being a possibility well you know mm-hmm. just don't have that much in common with you mm. um all right let's move on if you're listening to any commercials during this episode you should probably know that you don't have to uh you can go to patreon and join at the uh bargain basement tier of 666 and uh $6.66 and you get not only episodes without ads but you get them released early as soon as we finish editing them so if you like the show that is a great way to help out um also go to our website at horrormovietalk.com slash shop and then you can shop for teas and stickers um Please, as always, check out our resident artist, Dustin Goble. He's a professional artist who fucks hard. He also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. Um, if you ask him nicely and pay him a lot of money. Uh, He's very reasonable. That's yeah, not true. I know. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at dgobel 0 at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0, and make your artistic dreams come true. Our voicemail again is 682-253-4468. Thanks again for listening. Let's get into spoilers. David, the pedals make it move more. <laughs> the start- dirty raccoon, David. The st- oh, you... This, You're like a big, dirty raccoon, David. The start uh, of this movie is... Whew, I was buckled up for bad. Yeah, it's uh, it starts out uh, kind of rough. Um, goes right into the exorcism. A priest is killed in like a pretty hokey way. Well, you know, how everyone is killed in this movie. is like stretched out like he's going to be nailed to a crucifix. And then... Picked up off the ground. Yeah, picked up off the ground, floating in a, you know, crucifix pose. And then question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah, it, well, it, it was in this kind, case, of, it in was this kind ca- of Darth Vader choke. Yeah, in this case, it was more the ch- priest is shoved back literally onto a cross that's in the room. And he's impaled by the, like, very large spikes in Jesus's crown, mm-hmm. apparently. Yeah, well, you know. 
if you're gonna go big or go home, that's what right. Jesus always said. I what think was, that was his biggest quote. Those thorns were like ten X. I think Jesus I think Jesus' biggest quote was go big or go home. <laughs> Wasn't it? And I say unto you <laughs> him who goes small <laughs> goes to hell. Goes to hell. Him who goes large. May go home. May not. Yeah. G- and the, no. And, yeah. Yeah. The he who goes small goes the way of his homeland. He who goes large will stay in heaven in my many mansions. And I say unto thee, full send it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucker right in the pussy. Yeah. <laughs> I like putting a bunch of words into Jesus's mouth. This is, could be a this could be a fun bit. Yeah, uh, he's he's hanging on the crown and he says, uh, "Yolt." Instead of YOLO, it's you only live twice. Oh, because he's resurrected. You only live twice. All right. Well, they're not all winners. Um, so the priest is killed, and then the father of Hannah. Immediately smothers her with a pillow. Yeah, he didn't waste a beat. He, yeah, he knew what really. was up right out. He was like, oh, 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 I know my Hannah. And if I know one thing about her, it's that she follows Jesus Christ. And she goes big and she goes home now. like, Yeah, so she gets smothered and then we see a little hand tick to where she's still alive. Yeah. Yeah, I, but she's not. It's weekend at Bernie's demon. So a big thing on this show, well, a thing that you've made into a big thing on this show, is uh, is the poor man's mm. poor man's mm-hmm. right. So uh, the man who plays Hannah Grace's dad, mm-hmm. uh, whose t- whose character is literally named Man <laughs> in this movie, uh-huh. is played by Lewis Hertham. Uh-huh. And Lewis Hertham is the poor man's don't breathe blind guy. Uh, okay. No? Sure. Yeah, that's close. Let's see here. Now I have to find that man's um that man's actual name. Who is the don't breathe man? Um it's uh Stephen Lang. Mm. Uh so Whose yeah, title is as blind man. <laughs> he doesn't have a name either. Yeah, especially later on in the movie where he's basically the homeless guy. Right. Um. So then it goes from that scene where Hannah smothered to Megan starting her new morgue job. Um. And the exposition in this section is actually kind of. I'm kind of a nerd for exposition. So like the opportunities that they take to like explain Megan and what her job is and like set up the rest of the movie is done pretty efficiently. Like the, the doctor that leads her through the morgue is like, um, pointing directions like that way's the bathroom. This way is the, this, and yeah. this way, here's the elevator. It goes down to, <laughs> I, I like intake. I liked all this. Part. No, it's great. It's it's really good. And then it goes through like her job of like, okay, this is the process. You take him in, you take pictures, you do all these things. And I know, like as I'm watching this, I'm like, all this shit is going to go wrong. This is why they're saying right. what this is and what to expect. You know, so it's not like 
you know. And then um and then covers things like you should never leave the premises. Like, right. Don't ever go outside. And, you know, that's going to come back. So like, all those things that were set up in that, like, um, tutorial by that doctor, um, all factors in later in, in the film. Take notes. Like, indie movie makers, this is how you do the thing. Yeah. You make a compelling, this is a compelling rule list. Mm-hmm. You go, well... Like, and it has to be presented in a believable way like this. Mm-hmm. You got a new girl. She's starting a new job. She's getting shown the ropes by the, by the guy. Mm-hmm. And not only is it, is it she being shown the ropes, it's interesting. Who doesn't want to know about all, like, first of all, the setting is so cool. Second of all, it's a really interesting job, right? It's like corpse intake. Like at night, uh-huh. like th- I mean, if you're listening to this show, you have a little bit of interest in that, right. Somewhere, yeah. And so this is this this is a great way to do this, right? Is like I'm, yeah. I'm sitting here with rapt attention, being like, oh, I bet that is how that works. Oh, this is cool. Like, yeah. And then the next phase of exposition is explaining Megan's character, and that's handled really well too, because it's. It's told through, you know, her friends or like the what's happening in her relationship with her boyfriend. Like all that stuff is like it's done well. Like it's it's not like <laughs> you and me have been friends for forever and you're always this type of person. Yeah. Like that's how they would handle it in a in a rom com. Yeah. Like in this it's like the boyfriend's moving out. He asks like some weird questions that you wouldn't ask a normal person that wasn't a drug addict. Right. Um and then uh, like, she hey. talks with her friend and the friend is like, you know, you find out she's her sponsor and, and reveals some stuff about her past and or or Megan reveals some stuff about that relationship and how she found the job through, you know, her, her sponsor. So a lot of it's set up and it's done really efficiently. And that's something that I really appreciate because that is one of the things that draws me out completely in a movie is like, you know, Dad always said about you that you were the hard worker that didn't believe in ghosts. Right. This super obvious <laughs> yeah. exposition that's just that's just the- or like they walk by the TV and everyone starts watching the news at that moment when they describe the aliens are coming. Yeah. Yeah. It's like okay. It's like the the newscaster is the the lazy way. How dare you cast shade on signs like this? The friend that talks about the type of person that you are. Which I mean, granted, that's realistic too in some in some ways. Uh, I mean, we would do that and be like, I'd say, oh, you're this type of guy," and you'd say that you're this type of guy sometimes, but not like an extended paragraph that sets up right. <laughs> your entire life. You know. Speaking of good setups, I I don't feel like we completely did this total ju- this episode justice yet. I mm-hmm. would like to mention. This episode, this bird paid $666 to Horror Movie Talk to get his movie reviewed by us specifically. He gets all the stuff of all the previous tiers, which you did mention. Mm -hmm. But this, look, we're approached 50 times a week. And it's not like I don't love it when you reach out to us. Right. All of you. But it all like. Everyone's like, you know what you got to do? You got to review uh, Cabin in the Woods. 
mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, thanks, you know. But if we took everybody's, like, ex, you know, you know, in in the um, the Return of Superman, when Superman is like flying above the Earth and he's just like listening like God to all the whispers that are <laughs> happening, that's what it's like hearing movie requests are for you, us. It's like you should do the re- the thing remake. This is a moment where like, Bryce compares himself to Superman, and then you you're lying like on your back in the cross position, like the Messiah, and then you <laughs> hear you hear the one where it's like, you know, it's a lady screaming, her purse is getting taken, and that's the person that you you help. Right, you, know? you fly down and you save the the lady whose purse um, was being stolen, and that's what it's like for us for taking requests. It's like we get so many requests and we can only cover 52 movies a year that's all we got time for and there's probably like 20 new releases every year but so but this bird saw that and he was like you know what i love he he kept saying i love the stuff you guys make it gets mm -hmm. me through my day it's great and i need to support you but i also want you to review this specific movie Mm -hmm. and uh and you know what a whole there was a a whole movement to try and get us to review yeah SS Experiment Camp Two, The Beast and Heat, and they couldn't they couldn't get six hundred six. This yeah. dude this dude makes art, and so he was like, I had to sell a few art pieces to like get the funds to do uh-huh. this, but here it is, right. like the, here and he ponied up, right. That's all I'm saying is yeah, like and this helps our show so much, yeah. <laughs> like so much. So we're super thankful and you know i mean that's how you do we, it. we just want also you know it's uh, we want to cater to rich people so you know <laughs> if you want to pay us a lot of money we'll find a way to make it worth your while <laughs> you can't blame everything having pigeon toe david oh my oh my god um so yeah thank you this bird um what else is going on so so we, so we got through with the setup uh-huh. you know we got done being shown the morgue and the whole facility and now she's just kind of left on her own yeah and not in a super friendly environment no this is like a really cool like um yeah environment that you don't see a whole heck of a lot which is a normally very very bright and very crowded yeah. environment like a hospital and then when you're there at night Oof. and like cavernous hallways that are dark until you walk into them. Have you ever been, have you ever like worked at night or like been around like a large building that's normally full of people and you're the only one in it? Yeah, maybe once or twice. I mean, not, you know, not as a... Yeah, not on the rig, but... No. Have you? Sure. Oh, okay. Um, Some experiences. Like I... Well, I mean, it's not it's not super comparable, but being at like, I don't know, mm. yield check even at, even stuff. at like churches. Oh at night. yeah, yeah. No, that's actually that was what what I thought of. Yeah, was like walking through church when no one else was there right. as a kid and being like, okay, <laughs> so you're telling me there's spirits, huh? Mm-hmm. And. um there was one, I don't know if I told this story before, but I I used to work um, at a payday loan store, check cashing store. Okay. Uh, in Clackamas. The, one of the stores is in Clackamas. Clickety clack town. And this one in particular, I usually worked like the late shifts, which some of them were open till like midnight. 
sometimes. And uh, is it charging? I don't know. Um, and this one in particular, the office kind of sucked because it didn't have a bathroom in it other than the shared bathroom uh, with the business next door, which was a wig shop. You kids going to buy some wigs, or ain't you? <laughs> it was a wig shop. And I had to walk through the wig shop to get to the bathroom. And it was like impressed upon me that you have to take this particular path or else the alarm will go off. And the wig lady is none too. The wig lady. Yeah. The wig lady did not want us touching her wigs or like playing around with those wigs. Like that was, she was very concerned about it. Really? And there's something about walking through a darkened wig shop <laughs> it's Go very off. off very off-putting i don't highly recommend it um anyways so it's a, it's a cool setting um this is a complete aside her friend in this movie is played by the actress stanakatic stanakatic okay this name for some reason, I can never remember. She's in she's in other stuff. Like she's kind of recognizable. She she's in a lot of like TV shows. Yeah, she looks like a TV show girl. And uh, I think she was in like a Law and Order special victim rapist or something. Mm. Um, and Stanek Kadic is the weirdest name because I always think, oh, it's Katie Stanek or oh, Stanek Katie. Kate Stanic cat. I don't know. Stanicatic. Okay. I'm sorry. It's just an aside. She's very pretty. She is very pretty. Um, okay. And then like right after these rules are established, um, she starts intaking some corpses and one of the Amber lamps drivers drops off, Hannah Grace and gets her to break one of the rules by helping him wheel out the the uh, gurney, which is, I mean, kind of a kind of a bitch move, right? Dude, such a bitch move. I was like, what is this? I can't do it. You got this. Like, okay, look, I don't mean to cast. I don't mean to like be super sexist here or anything like that. But the dude's like six foot three. Uh He's like two forty. And no, he's not a small guy, and he's like, I can't do it. I can't wheel this 98-pound girl <laughs> on this gurney with wheels over to you. You just Sorry, you're just going to have to come on out and break protocol and help me. And You're in, not following proto, buddy. Don't follow proto. And and it was just like, dude, wh- why are you such a bitch? Why are you such a bitch? Like, this is... <laughs> feels like the story of my life all these fucking bitches all around being like i can't do it i have i have a condition and you just gotta like pick up the pick up the slack it's like there's hannah or not hannah what's what's what is our lead actress's name not hannah grace um it's uh megan Mm -hmm. megan's gotta get out there and break proto first day three hours into her first shift yeah so she she goes outside, which has been established. You do not leave the premises, and she even re- says that before she does. And then, of course, you see this homeless guy slip into the, 
yeah. in the back. Well, but yeah, before that, the homeless guy, right? He, yeah. He's like, let me in! Let me in! And she's like, Jesus fucking Christ, can you step back away from the window, please? And he's like, nah! You know, he's really desperately trying to get into this facility, which is scary in and of itself. Like, yeah, it's a that's a spooky vibe. I, I mean, yeah, the threat of rape. I mean, right. It's always there. So, like, that's like kind of the new threat where they could have gone a, a different way, too, where it's like it feels like there's a body that's alive, but it's actually just a homeless guy. In yeah, the, in the morgue, I thought that could have been a possibility. Yeah, um, I I was like, oh god, now it's now there's several factors to like take in. Because so I mean, how many genres of horror movies does this movie cover? So we've got possession, right? We've got like haunting, right? We've got home invasion, right? We've got um um i think that's that covers it yeah right i don't know could you say a slasher i mean i guess the guy had a knife for for a bit yeah. same same thing i mean it definitely yeah. this those that solid three you got possession yeah. you got break in you got yeah yeah so early in the film you're like where's that homeless guy and right. there's there's hints of like him being around you know Um, I could probably actually, where's my stereo? Here, here you go, you go. A little, a little taste. You just have them running around on my tongue. No, here, watch taste. this. We'll go. <laughs> who's, who's there? Who is that? <laughs> They're behind me. Who is that? <laughs> Where are you coming from? I'm here. Where am now I? Now I'm here. Oh no. Okay. Oh dude, that you get you you made some new version of ASMR like where you don't calm down. <laughs> Upsetting ASMR. Uh You ever watch ASMR porn? Do they just like squelch the dick into the vagina really slowly and yes! really put the mic up front. So you have watched it. <laughs> no, I haven't. Yeah, it's like it's a close up and it's like, yeah, it's like just makes me makes me salivate. Cuz all that dick. <laughs> close up on eating out a girl. <laughs> oh man, that's great. No, yeah, no. That's one of the few, just use your mind's eye and you can see what that's one of the Bryce few, is doing. That's one of the few times when I'm super okay with uh with girl on girl porn is the SMR girl on girl porn. No, is when it's eating pussy stuff because I don't want to see some dude's eyes staring in the camera, you know, eating pussy. Mm. Really, yeah, it's better when it's a girl. Okay, but the rest of it, I just does. It's just lesbian porn does almost nothing. You know, we've been on a long, on a several episode kick of talking about- Where we about, haven't talked, oh, where we have talked about- Well, porn. where we have talked yes, about yes. porn and porn preferences. I'm just yeah. saying lesbian porn doesn't do a lot for me. It's not, does it- uh, yeah, I'm okay with it. Really? It depends on how good looking the girls are, I guess. They're always good looking. Eh, not always. Eh, I, I think know. so. I'm- 
I I love them all. I don't know. I'm in. I'm into it. Should have like real lesbian porn. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's just like we spoke to Fart Simpson. Speaking people of people that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we, we spoke to the Fart Simpson. Oh, uh, we'll we'll get to that in a bit. Oh, we can talk about. Yeah, it. Let's so talk yeah, about I mean, we're we're, we're uh, commissioning a new intro, right? From one of our favorite artists, yeah, favorite uh, mashup artists. Yeah, so he's. We talked a lot about Neil Ciciraga. 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 However you say his name. Um, but on your mom's house podcast, there's recurring music and and prank bits. call bits from. Uh, this guy called Fart Simpson. Right. And we reached out to him and he responded. Right. And he's actually in Portland, so he's really close to us. And went over and just like talked about music and what what we wanted and what he was doing with other podcasts and talking about his yeah, I mean, experience this is, in Portland and how he's trying to get away. Fart Simpson is not a small name in big podcast right he's a big name in big right. podcast he's on tim heidecker's show he's on a lot of the uh you know he's on like he's been on tiger belly and yeah. on your mom's house a lot and th- through all this all the different circles and he's a known commodity and he's a super chill cool guy and um some of the uh some of the experiences that he's had in portland in, specifically in portland have been uh yeah, real lesbian experiences. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> what a cool guy! Yeah, uh, super cool guy. I'm, I was I was so like starstruck having left uh, talking yeah. to him. It was yeah. just it was amazing. And we'll probably have him on a future episode. He was game. So well connected too. Yeah, like I was just impressed as all hell. Like, I mean, I don't know what I expected, but. He just knows everybody, and he was so nice. He I was. just, I just figured he'd be like, "I'm so much bigger than you." And <laughs> yeah, true, but it's it is true. Uh, but we don't tell him that. No, we're very important. He can work it out on his own. <laughs> He's not stupid. <laughs> uh, where were we? Okay, so we we're talking about porn. Um, yeah. So the it's showing. Megan, uh, scissoring Hannah. No, I just kidding. Um, so at first it sets up like what a normal kind of intake would be because it shows Megan taking in like just a normal everyday middle-aged man, dead body. Yeah. Taking pictures, getting fingerprints, you know, scanning stuff and, and all that stuff. And then Hannah comes in and she hears kind of a, the story of how weird it was. She was just abandoned in some alleyway and the guy that dropped her off ran away. He was like... Right. He's got heavier boots. Um and uh and then when she's trying to take pictures, it, the computer is like, Oh image. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, the computer just basically turns off. Computer unable to load image. Uh computer breakdown. Fuck you. <laughs> Beep boop. And then um she can't take images and then she like takes fingerprints and then the fingerprints won't scan it's really crazy um and then like when she's putting hannah away stuff falls off the table and breaks uh because you know no one puts hannah in the corner no one puts hannah in the corner 
and when when the case is closed, the case gets opened because I guess this demon not only is a big fan of Weekend of Bernie's, it's also not a fan of enclosed spaces. Yeah, it's like fucking closed spaces. Yeah. I'm so bummed out. I think my phone may be dead. Dead and or dying. Mm. Like, there's no way to charge it. We need that $666 again. <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be able to buy a cord. No, no it's, I, think the, I think the phone's charger port is hosed. You want to clean it out with like a toothpick or something? Yeah, sure. We'll try it later. We'll try it after the show. I, I we don't need well, to be doing it now. Yeah. Um. Okay. So it's pretty fast paced, and and well, the pacing is pretty good in this early part of the movie because stuff starts happening pretty quick. Yeah. Um. And she gets pretty suspicious, and and because you know she's a former cop. I don't know if we mentioned that. Like she's got PS PTSD from seen her partner get shot and supposedly that's like a contributing factor to her alcoholism and pill popping. Um, and so she's pretty curious when she gets like, she gets her, uh, boyfriend, which is a cop to run a scan of the fingerprints at the police station, which apparently, you know, demon can't stop the police station scanner from working. Um, because it comes back with a license, and she notices that the the eyes are colored different. Right, they're they're blue eyes. Yeah, they're blue eyes, like a doll's eyes. Uh, and uh, you know, it says on her license, and the picture on the license is brown eyes. Right. So, you know, it's the calling card of this demon for some reason is bold blue eyes. Yeah. You got Frank Sinatra inhabiting it's, your body. <laughs> she's the blue eyed devil. Old blue eyes. Yeah. Um. So that's, like, something. And then one of the things that drew me out was, like, why didn't she check for contacts? Wouldn't that be the obvious thing? Like, oh, well, they're, she's probably wearing contacts right now. Colored contacts. She never poked her in the eye. Oh, I I was see. waiting for that. Wow. There's only a few things that, like, made me, like, like why? why? And one of them was that she didn't check for contacts. The other one was later when um, uh, Katie Stanek, or Stana Katic, Katic. Um, uh was running away from the demon and okay. runs to the roof, which already is like a true horror trope. Yeah. Run the wrong way. Go up. Trap yourself more. Don't just run into the upstairs. Run into... The roof. The, the room without a lock and sit in a drawer. Right. Um, so she runs to the roof, and she doesn't close the door behind her. Well. I'm like, God damn it. She just needed a breath of fresh air. Yeah, <sighs> yeah I will say the thing that irritated me about this movie, uh, although not a tremendous amount, was the monotony of the way it killed people. Yeah. It was just like... I'm going to pick you up off the floor with invisible force. It was just basically Darth Vader's chokehold mm-hmm. unto death. And then it's like she's pulling out their arms, but it is it supposed to be implying that she's like 
pulling them out of sockets or turning them around. Like there's a lot of cracking and popping and I can under quite understand what was cracking and popping. It was a, re- a real one tri- trick pony in terms of, yeah, in terms of like this d- demon just didn't have a lot of creativity in terms of, you know, it just right. wasn't, wasn't inspired by some beautiful muse of killing. Yeah. You have people working on your yard yeah. today. Yeah. You, is that a once a year sort of thing? No, we're hiring them to do ongoing, but they're doing like a cleanup right now. Okay. How much do you pay for that? Per is it per month? Must be per. Month. Yeah, it's per month. What is it? How much is it? I don't know. However much they're charging. Oh, you'd have, we have no to idea. say that on the podcast. No, <laughs> I I was just curious because I you know I'm because I don't know what that goes for. Uh, several hundred dollars. Oh, so um, the mow and blow kind of thing and weed. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're gonna be here every Saturday. It was this is just there. really fascinating for you. You're I just super I, distracted. Well, I was, I was. I mean, first of all, it is distracting, mm-hmm. and then second of all, um, it was awkward for me to approach your house today mm. because fella was like eyeballing me hard. Mm. He was like, "Why are you walking to this house with a backpack?" And I was like, "Hey, chill out, buddy." Um, but instead of saying that, I just walked quicker mm-hmm. into your house. Mm-hmm. So it was awkward. For okay. Me. I don't know when they're coming. I don't know if the Saturday morning is going to be a the standard. Well, I'll get I, to I know, know them. I'll bring them. I don't know. I'll bring them chips or something. Okay. Next next week. That way he'll he won't eye mm. me so hard. Mm-hmm. He'll just have his hand out. He'll be like, "Can you give me the chips you normally give me?" <laughs> yes. No, I think like today. I mean, they're going to be out there for several hours because it's like a full yard cleanup. Yeah, so like I, I think that's probably. They're probably out during the week. Yeah, you know, probably. Um. Anyways, uh, great stuff for listeners. Uh, we can describe what they're they're hauling the yard right now. And this man is wearing a baseball cap. Um. Where were we? Stuff. There's flies. There's like a moment where she is hallucinating. So there's a couple of moments where Megan is like, it's implied that she's hallucinating things. Yeah, and that's kind of where it's like coming off a. Of- the drugs or something like it's it's kind of like uh hey she's a drug addict she's her memory or her experience may vary yeah but it's not like really clear on what pills she takes i think they what was the pills that they mentioned that she stole from her boyfriend zannies like, yeah like xanax like well that the kids call them zannies bars zans yeah zans um, Lil, Lil zan little zan i i don't think that Xanax causes you to hallucinate. I don't know. You wouldn't know, though. I wouldn't know. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, she's getting flashbacks of this night where her partner was shot. Um, And I thought that would have been another route that kind of would be interesting if, like, she was really kind of, if they went a little more into the, the idea that she was on edge of, in, of, of sanity. Yeah. You know, that... And I mean, basically, the most that they did is like she got she got really nervous and wanted to take pills. Like she was really upset and needed to take pills. And it's like, okay, what would you have preferred? Oh, I don't know. I I probably would have just had her take pills and start thinking that she was seeing things. But it can't be that because this the whole movie is an allegory or a metaphor for the struggle with addiction. Like, well, it's not 
really now is specifically that as a plot point. Um, but I, mean, I don't. It I can mean, be, it can be interpreted. I, I mean, it's very. It's a one to one interpretation of like fighting your demons, like sure, and and watching your friends like fall to, mm-hmm. or people around you fall to the, that that those demons. Yeah, I mean, it, there's there's different ways it could go that would be more unexpected or a little, yeah, more hard hitting or interesting to where it's like. You know that I think it'd be better for a character arc to like Stumble. fail, yeah, and then redeem herself. You know, but you can't really do that in one night. You know, yeah. if you take pills, like you kind of fucked up that night. Yeah, you know, the Got one it. day at a time. Like, well, you fucked up that day, right? Yeah. No, I yeah, it's it's interesting. I it is a very basic. It is very basic in both the ways it can be interpreted, both literally and metaphorically, right? It's just yeah. like addiction. Right. It sucks. It's hard. People mm-hmm. fall to it all the time. Right. Or if you're interpreting it literally, ah, possession, right? Mm-hmm. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> them demons. Sometimes mm-hmm. they bring flies with them. But don't take your drugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it is a, it is a very, but you know, I appreciate it for not trying to do something it couldn't pull off right. simultaneously, which could yeah, be just I mean, as I, I might be expecting a little too much from the writer and Teen Wolf <laughs> series on MTV. Um, so eventually the homeless man reappears um, and he's like trying to cart away Hannah Grace's body. It's like carrying her through the hallways. Mm. And then ends up by the cremator, and uh, that's where she catches him. That's where Megan catches him, and there's a fight, and she calls security, and security shows up, and he, like, cuts the ginger-headed guy. Yeah. Uh, What's his name? Max. Was it Max? I thought it was Dave. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Max is the name of the actor. Yeah, his name is Dave. Uh, uh, Yeah. And they they stop him from cremating Hannah and then cart him away. And he's like, you got to destroy her. She's not dead. Yeah, as it turns out, the homeless man is her dad. Yeah. uh, Who has been following her body around, trying and failing for a long time, for three months. Right. To to incinerate her. Right. And, uh, yeah, and, and the... The, you know, the, the jism of this movie, like the main push is, uh, the jism. Yeah. Of the like, movie? like the cum shot of the movie is, uh, well, I mean, you know, you're talking about porn. We've got to make okay. some, got to make some similarities here. Um, yeah, no, as it turns out, you can damage this, this Hannah Grace and the demon within her, but she's just going to, to, Try to regenerate, and the way yeah. she does that is by killing people and regenerating off of their life force or something like that. Right, and then she takes a moment to like, to like digest. Right, you know. So, um, so you really got to like destroy the body completely. Yeah. So there are some really deep lacerations on her body when she's brought in, and then they just kind of disappear as she after, kills people. as she kills people. So her p- first big like murder. Hannah's first big murder is she murders Carrot Top. Right. Dave. Dave. And he's, this is probably the one death that's slightly different because I think she like pulls him into 
yeah the, the case the the dead body case that thing. was that was pretty cool she like slammed him up against the ceiling uh-huh. up against the wall then like pushes him onto the ceiling uh-huh. and then scoots him across the ceiling over to the mm-hmm. over to the the corners table and drops him in a tube and then he just gets crunched in the tube or something yeah. gets his neck broke um and then, you know, Megan is unaware of this. She is doing her normal business. She goes into the bathroom. And I would love it if she was just taking a huge shit. And you just heard all the noises of her taking just a giant turd. This is this is your your yeah. thing in porn. I mean, what are we what are we doing? Yeah. In the bathroom if we're not gonna hear tinkling or pooping. Let's go for the gold. Yeah. Let's go for the brown. Does uh do, does the door get left open? In your house? I mean, wouldn't that take a more, wouldn't that make her more vulnerable in that moment? Uh Uh-huh. If she's like (laughs) mid-log. And then that's when the ball rolls up. Oh, yeah. And her butt clenches and you hear it drop down. And then she just knows, and then she's pissed off because she knows she's got more to clean up. Right. Yeah. You know when you pinch it mid-loaf, it's going to be messy. It's like, Instead of just letting it come out. Yeah. Yeah. So no, but I do have like so at your house. Like, what's procedure? Does everybody close the door and then go? We close it, but it's like we barge in all the time. Yeah, uh-huh. because I mean the doors are closed upstairs normally, just because we don't want Meg in the bathroom. So right, usually like, don't want to don't want a a, a rogue agent to come in and lick that butt <laughs> as you're peeing. You know, you're standing uh-huh, there peeing, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden, so do you just like pull your pants all the way down to the floor like a toddler? When you pee? No. Well, why would she be licking your butt then? Well, I don't know. Just Meg, your clothed butt? Meg is pretty forceful. <laughs> Meg is is a She lo- jumps up with her claws and pulls down your pants. like, And then she gets right next to your ear and goes, shh. I don't know. You tell me. You tell me how Meg does. Meg is my dog. Yeah. My golden retriever. In case anyone's. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Meg is a force to be reckoned with in this house. Like she's powerful. Mm-hmm. I would not. I would not want. I don't like to tangle with Meg. She's too much. She's she's the fan. She's the fan that, that is just too handsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In my house, I the, the door is just open. Yeah. Nobody closes the door. I don't know what that is. Down here, the door will be open a lot, a lot of the time. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I feel like that's probably gross or stupid or dumb or weird. I don't know. I mean, I didn't grow up, or maybe yeah. I mean, I was the youngest, so maybe like the the um, uh, what do you call it? The decorum changed by the time I mm. came along, but like it was weird going from my house to like a young couple's house, and they were like. They're just like, oh yeah, just don't. Well, we might be walking around naked, so don't look back here. Or like, you know, don't. You know, in the morning, we might be in our underwear going to the bathroom or whatever. It's like what? What? And yeah, you, I have little kids, and like, it's it's pretty much free game. Pandemonium. I mean, my <laughs> Colin has his dick out all the time. Wow. Like he. Probably about half the time that he's here, he doesn't have pants on. Damn. So, you know. Ew. Ew. Ew we're David. working on it. We're working on it. It's mostly like when he does go to the bathroom, he takes his pants off and then he doesn't put them back on again. 
And so, like, we'll find them later without pants. Yeah. Oh. Where'd yeah. your pants go? So, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I you can't, can't be I can't bothered. Keep track of these things. You can't be bothered to keep track of my fucking pants. So, but actually, this brings up a this brings up a good point, which is, um, you know, the camera really knew what to do in this movie. Not only was the setting mm-hmm. great, but the cinematography was not bad. Yeah. Not like it. They were done a lot of favors by the location. Right. right, it was easy to know what's good to be in frame because this place was so yeah, such a great location. Lots of like dark, like hallways vanishing into darkness, basically. So there's lots of areas where you could just position the camera where you're like, Is something gonna right, something gonna come out of there. Yeah, um, and and but not only that, the lights were great. Right, you had these long lines of halogen bulbs, but then also down along the floor line. There were like, there were like landing strip red lights mm-hmm. o- on either side of every door, mm-hmm. and that just created this super eerie, weird like potential for shadow casting and all this kind of thing. And and a few times, uh, Hannah actually skittered across the floor, and yeah. it was, ugh, ugh. yeah. Um, let's see. Whoa, dude, you need to <sighs> chill out. So Hannah gets progressively like stronger and more active um she's an active young girl and uh what happens we already talked about caddick stanny getting killed and then this amber lamps driver randy um amber lance he's he's a he's another guy where it's like oh he's a nice man i don't want him to die and he shows like you pictures of his kids and like movies brutal just immediately kills randy yeah yeah I'm like oh i thought he was gonna be like the survivor that helped megan at the end and that was somewhat important because he explained that he had problems with addiction and mm-hmm. now he falls right so mm-hmm. it's like oh furthering my point mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then finally the dad shows up again and explains like what happened and explains that they have to cremate her body and yeah. says the last rites. And then Hannah turns on them and and like turns the turntables. No dad. Nobody puts Hannah in a yeah. fire fueled corner. Yeah, so the dad gets shoved into the cremator. Cremator. I don't know how to what it would be called. But this is one one of those moments where I kind of laughed. <laughs> I don't know what about it that just I got a giggle out of was like the last shot of his hands on the coming out of the cremator trying to hold on. It's like, oh no. <laughs> Boink. And he, mm. uh, um, it's like Lord of the Rings. But yeah, I'm not sure if this is how you normally use a crematorium where you, you start the raging fire with flames licking out of the cream cremator or out of the oven out of the cream machine yeah out of the cream machine uh, out of the the oven and then you shove them in right i yeah i couldn't tell you i i'm pretty sure like i'm taking this as gospel you put them in and then turn it on well you know i mean i i don't i'm not a cremator guy like i don't 
I don't know. If you were to ask people... me about chainsaws or cutting down trees or bucking up trees, hey, or super boring marketing writing work, hey, uh-huh. I'm your guy. But you ask me about... Uh... Can you tell me about molars? Ugh. Or about dental crown? So much. I can tell you so much about dental crowns. It's horrible. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? I just went into the, like, the sunken place. <laughs> I've just been attacked. This is ugh. You know, David. Uh, okay. Um, and then it kind of ends. Eventually, Megan shoves Hannah into the cremator, and then I'm left left with a question, and it never quite gets answered. Why doesn't Hannah kill Megan? Why is she never like Hannah is toying with her, and she's like climbing all up ons and like whispering sweet nothings into her ear mm-hmm. because because she never I, took those zans bro i i assumed that she was going to the demon the weekend at bernie's demon was going to possess her and that was going to be like the epilogue where like oh we killed hannah but oh no megan has blue eyes now no it's like, no, it's just, no, she survived. She was fine. So there's literally no reason why Hannah didn't kill Megan, too. Because she couldn't. Why not? Because because Megan wa- was stronger, was stronger than that. She didn't fall to the addiction. She didn't get possessed. She fought through it. <sighs> The end. You're you're looking for something like you've set up a premise that needs to be answered that doesn't need to be answered. Like you, you've just said it needs. She needed to die, and it's like no, she didn't. This is a perfect. No, I just. Ending. I think there's needs to be a reason for why she wasn't a target for death because she was the most obvious one. She was. She fought the whole way through. Did you not watch the movie? Did you not watch her fight the the thing at the end? She won. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, hmm. and this time the demon lost. Yeah. Well, I mean, after a lot of wins, <laughs> took home a lot of W's though. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, everybody's gonna you know everybody's gonna have a sixty-four and one on their record at some point. Right. Just got to stick around long enough. Right. Megan was the heavyweight. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say I like. To be honest with you, I had such a good time with this movie that I would I would recommend you watch it if you're a fan of possession movies or home invasion movies. This is very spooky, has some pretty great jump scares and um, some alarming subject matter. But you know, it's it's not. I don't think it's terrible or bad. I think it's actually pretty good, which is surprising because that start really left me mm-hmm. being like. <laughs> Ruh-roh. Ruh-roh. Yeah. In the, in the immortal words of Isaac Hayes, it's good. It's good. <laughs> I like the... Com- yeah, when we were talking to Fart Simpson, we were talking about all of our favorite shows. And, and uh, yeah, Isaac Hayes on the Adam Carolla show ten decades ago uh, came up and... and uh, and so we watched the video of like if you're not familiar, Isaac Hayes basically had a stroke on air while right. he was talking to Adam Carolla, and uh, you know this is the guy who played uh, Shaft, and so no it, he he wrote the music for Shaft. He played Chef 
on South oh. Park. Oh, he you he didn't play Shaft? I don't think so. I'm pretty yeah, I'm pretty sure he yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Mm, no. Okay. I don't think so. Anyway, um while I look that up um I'll just say that Isaac Hayes <laughs> uh, he was like, had a very sad moment. Yeah, it was you know, in retrospect it was pretty pretty uh tragic, but um I mean we don't know if he literally had a stroke on air, but um he was given one word answers and was just not very coherent yeah. in his sentences. And so for the show it was one of the funniest moments just because they're like trying their best to make an interview out of this. And Isaac Hayes is like, uh, this is good. You are right. He is the composer for Shaft, yeah. for the epic Shaft thing. And, uh, and they're like, oh, tell us about, you know, what's it like, you know, being on Stax Records? good. Whoa. Did you know he was a sneeze in Robin Hood Men in Tights? No. He was he was one of the one of the main guys in Robin Hood Men in Tights next to Dave Chappelle. Okay. Yeah. Anywho. Um so yeah. Let's, it was good. Yeah. It was pretty good. It was good. Yeah. It was good. We're gonna move on to horror movie whores where we Listen to your voicemails and respond. If you want to call, call 682-253-4468. All right. First, we got Sam from Indianapolis. Hey, it's Sam from Indianapolis. I just said uh, I just got a real quick hypothetical for you guys. So last night at the Oscars, the guy from I Am Legend smacked the guy <laughs> from Spiral Book and Saw. And I was just wondering... Do you think, uh, old boy from from the the Saw movie, uh, whatever his name is, do you think he would have uh, been able to defend himself better if he would have had like a bat or like a spear? Um, personally, I think uh, you know the guy from I Am Legend, uh, what's his nuts? He uh, he would have he's pretty athletic. He probably would have dodged a spear pretty well and still got close. But uh, if if uh, you know the one wild guy uh, from from the Saw movie. If he would have had a bat, he probably could have cracked him pretty good. But one thing's for sure, they're both just lucky a sinkhole didn't open up right there on stage because that definitely would have killed both of them. Yeah. Um, uh, tell me what you guys think. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, everybody better count their lucky stars every day that a sinkhole doesn't very specifically open up yeah. directly under them. I do. Right, I know you do. Uh, That's like the whole reason I make a daily sacrifice to my God. You know, we we all have silly, ridiculous things about us that mm-hmm. it makes the other one just scoff, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know I make you scoff about a lot of stuff. And actually, uh, I have some uh, conspiracy theories oh, yeah. that you scoffed at very <laughs> <I> recently. <did. laughs> but uh, but yours is definitely these just terrible takes. I think they're just terrible takes about sinkholes and spears. That's, for me... It's just so silly, but I don't know. I think a spear or a bat would have been, I have a hard time differentiating when it's Will Smith coming at you and you're standing still on stage. You know, now you're not talking about zombies. Now you're talking about something else. Yeah, but I'd still rather strike at a distance in my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't argue with that logic when it's Will Smith. 
Right. Um, he's got long hands. He seemed very concerned about keeping your your, your his wife's name out your mouth. Right. Oh man, I man, we've been talking about that all week. I should have pulled that clip. Why didn't I pull that clip? Keep keep my oh. wife's name out your fucking mouth. Your motherfucking mouth. Yeah, we've been talking about that all week. Yeah. It blew my mind. It, it still blows my mind. It's it's crazy. Yeah, that it is. Will Smith, the fresh prince, prince of Bel Air, star of stage and screen <laughs> of the Independence Day and Hitch. Okay. Walked up and Bagger Vance on live television and slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. Who'd have seen that coming? Like if it was like Machine Gun Kelly or something, and be like, "Huh, that's awesome." Yeah, or like be like, "Oh yeah, I get it." it but Chris Rock, what? I mean, not really. Like, how, how in your right mind could you walk up on the live broadcast of the Oscars and assault someone? I think like for one of the. Lamest, tamest softball jokes of the night. It's, I mean, the biggest thing to me that all this says is just what a tender cunt. (laughs) Uh, What Smith is? No, not Jada Pinkett. Jada Pinkett Smith is where it's like, bitch, just shut the fuck up. Like you so well. It's I mean, you see all these self-important. You oh see all God. these clips of her like before on TikTok and Instagram of like I don't care what anyone has to say of this my, this old bald head of mine like I don't give two craps it's like well it seemed like you that gave. turned out not to be true at all yeah <laughs> and you see yeah it's, it's it's so crazy um my favorite moment is directly after it when Chris is like I could and, uh, and then he moves on consummate professional. Because you know, Chris Rock could destroy yeah. them. Yeah. Like, crucify them. Crucify them. Just like he could do a 10 minute set on how much of a cuck Will Smith is and how. Oh, a 40 minute set. Yeah, on how, like, emasculating jada pinkett is to him like uh, and you know what i said this to you earlier this week i'll say it again like if you're gonna take two people and put them against each other and one of them's chris and and ask and ask who has done more for the black community and like and who has who has like put put their name and face to to like championing like you know black rights the black movement to 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 the masses for their career you got Will Smith versus Chris Rock. Chris Rock is eons above Will Smith. Will Smith's been acting in a bunch of A grade A movies, doing nothing, saying nothing. He's not. He doesn't have any. He he doesn't have any. Like his his go to is he is black. But Chris has been sitting out there saying like for eons all this and then will smith's acceptance speech is like i'm trying to protect these people it's like bitch yeah that's it's every like, part of this is crazy because so nuts if you think chris has it like chris has been that guy for decades cb4 motherfucker like do you know how long chris has been doing this yeah so longer than your career 
Yeah, and it's uh, everything about it is insane. The fact that it happened, and then the fact that he wins. Okay, the fact that he's not kicked out immediately, um, and then the fact that he wins Best Actor and Moments. gives the most asinine, like out of touch speech in the moment that you could possibly give. He's like, oh, I wrote this about how great of a guy I was and how, how much I cared about being an exemplar and, uh, you know, a godly man and spreading love. Well, I can't throw any of that out, so I'll just kind of, like, <laughs> apologize to the the Academy and, and say, like, uh, you know, uh, I get really passionate. Anyway, so I'm a great guy, and this was... Yeah, just completely overshadowed all the, uh, like, do you know who won Best Picture? Nah, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Uh-uh. Who, who did? Coda. A movie what, that I didn't know anything about. That is. Um. So, yeah, and then the fallout. I, I, after that, I just checked every comedian I knew, their Twitter, to see what they said. Mm-hmm. And there was... <laughs> They're great, but I'll tell you who went the hardest immediately. Tom Segura. Yeah, it was like, oh my god, I gotta, I gotta pull up his tweet because it was like, everyone else is like, what just happened? Or like, David Spade was pretty good. He was I'm like, sure David Spade was great. David Spade was a GI Jane joke. <laughs> <laughs> it was more about the choice of joke, which is great. Uh, <laughs> Dude, can you imagine how badly Smith is going to be eviscerated for so like he is going to be it's he's going to be the butt of every joke for decades until he's past death. Yeah. So, I mean, the other other comedians were like, oh, you know, I just didn't watch the Oscars. Did anything interesting happen or like or say something about blah, 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 blah. Tom Segura went for the fucking throat. He says, fuck Will Smith's candy ass smacking a dude four inches shorter and 50 pounds lighter. He's just in his feelings because his bald-headed bitch had been fucking around on him for years and he takes it. We all know who he wishes he could slap. Hashtag cuck Will. <laughs> get, that, get that hashtag going. Hashtag cuck Will. Yeah, what a uh, bitch move, dude. Next caller. Who's the next caller? Next caller. Anyways. <laughs> Crazy! It's crazy that it happened. Yeah. Hey guys, Josh from Canada. What's going on? I'm just driving home in the freezing fucking rain, which is absolutely lovely. But uh, I was listening to uh, most recent pod there, and just wanted to say congratulations on the hit at the Kagan Theater. Sorry I couldn't make it. It would be you know really really far to come. As much as I would like to win the prize, but I'm really happy. It was a huge turnout, and I'm so proud of you guys. That's that's just so fucking cool. Thank um, you. Second thing, I'll get you guys a picture posted to the page ASAP of the new four-wheeler. It really is fun, and I haven't crashed it yet, so that's a good sign. And uh, we were talking about uh, horror stories with kind of a funny twist. i got a good one for you. It's, it's hilarious. So there's a nine-year age gap between my younger sister and I. And when I was 14, she was five years old, and we grew up on a horse farm. So one day... Early morning, the horses have been in overnight because it was cold out. We go to let the horses out because, you know, it's a farm. We're kids and whatever, no fucking belts around. They're at work. So the first horse goes out, no problem. Second horse goes out, no problem. 
Well, the third horse seems to think it's a game and kicks my sister, my five-year-old sister, right in the fucking chest. <laughs> that dumb bitch has a seizure and falls on the ground and stops breathing. <laughs> what an idiot! Anyway, I had to give her mouth-to-mouth, get her breathing again, blah, blah. Apparently she can't do that on her own. She's fine. You know, totally fine. There's no repercussions. She, she didn't uh, die or anything. Which, I mean, thank God for that. But <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. We still laugh about it to this day. <laughs> you know, all I got from that story was Josh kisses his sister. <laughs> Ew, gross, Josh. Thanks for thanks for the call, Josh, and thanks for the kudos on the Exorcist show. Just a reminder, we got another live show, April twenty second. We got the Burbs playing here at the Kiggins Theater on Main Street in Vancouver, Washington. Come on out; it's going to be a great time. We also got the Fly on May twenty seventh, and Hereditary capping off the series on June twenty fourth. So come on out; it's going to start at nine. The doors open at nine, and you guys will have a great time. I promise you. Got a couple more from Josh. Uh-oh. He's- hey, guys. It's Josh from Canada. Huh? At- oh, Jesus Christ. I can't even talk tonight. I'll try that again. <laughs> hey, guys. Josh from Canada, a.k.a. the uh, ATV guy, a.k.a. Mr. Plow. Uh, listen, I was wondering, seems probably like this is more of a David question than a, a Bryce question, although I could be wrong. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm judging wrong. Um, but, David, you play a few more games I'm feeling um, I've been playing a lot of Horizon Forbidden West mm. and uh, Horizon Zero Dawn you ever played those I know you do a lot of the uh, I think it's Dead by Daylight yeah I haven't played that yet um, definitely should check it out but uh, yeah what other games are you playing what are you into what do you guys like talk to you later yeah I I pretty much just play Dead by Daylight um, now, I mean, I, you know, I used to play and just a tremendous amount of, uh, first person shooters for a long, 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 long time. Um, everything, you know, everything from, you know, Quake and Unreal Tournament and to Counter-Strike and a lot of Call of Duty and Medal of Honor and all that stuff for a long time since, since the advent of first person shooters. But no, I just mostly stick by Dead by Daylight. I played Hearthstone for a long time, but, uh. I just got tired of sinking money into that. What What about you? You played a decent amount of games. I'm pretty limited. Um, I get like into a game for a long time, and a lot of them are more casual. But I've I got into Project Zomboid a lot recently. I haven't played it in a couple of weeks now. I think, um, but that's a fun game. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be fun if we got like an actual couple guys together to play it. Yeah, I think it'd be a little little better but it's it's kind of weird because it takes a long time to like get started like you really you're given nothing and you've got to like kind of gather that is supplies the game. that is the yeah game. that it's is like, the game the journey is the game but like if you want to like if you're out to kill a bunch of zombies and clear an area like that's you're not going to be do, doing that for like a couple weeks into the game can you build <laughs> bombs and stuff mm-hmm like big bombs? Um, well, you can build like Molotov cocktails. I want like, I want a, like a refrigerator sized bomb, you know? No, I don't think so. But I mean, you can set zombies on fire and get them to set zo- other zombies on fire. Cool. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, the guns, like, it's not like a zombie game where you're like, oh, I'm going to start shooting all the guns now because ammo's in very limited supply. Mm-hmm. And you're not very good at guns. Mm-hmm. And so you're just going to attract more zombies to you. Yeah, for me, I like Dead by Daylight because it's it's literally... So th- for those of you who don't know, Dead by Daylight is just a horror movie. Um, uh, there's And there's two sides. There's two different games being played at the same time. There's Survivors, and there's four of them, and they got to do generators to get out of to get out of the map they gotta like escape you uh if you're the killer and then there's the killer who's just one so it's one versus four and there's all kinds of different killers including like you know freddy krueger and uh bubba from or uh you know leatherface from texas chainsaw you know there's all kinds of killers different interesting killers there's this one lady who vomits on people and spreads the plague around and hmm. There's all kinds of crazy shit going on, and it takes a lot of skill, a lot of skill to get really good at it because there's a lot of depth to it. So that's Dead by Daylight, and that's, I like it because it's very cathartic to brutally mm-hmm. murder people. So. Right. Um, other ones, like I played, I'm more into like either long-term games or like uh, turn-based stuff. Mm-hmm. So I like my, probably the game I've played most in the last decade was FTL. Right. And then... Uh, faster than light. Faster than light. And then um, Civ, Civilization, mm. Civ 5, Civ 6. Anyways, last one from Josh. You know, other people can call too. Just saying. Hey, it's Josh from Canada. I'm wondering what your favorite snack is. And if you're wondering what I mean, mine as a go-to if I'm feeling like, ah, I just want to fucking eat something. Uh, usually sweet chili heat Doritos, dip them in sour cream. Fucking delicious if you never tried it. Anyway, what's your two, uh, what's your go-to, you guys? And uh, my other question is, how the hell did you two meet? How did you become friends? What's the story there? I feel like there's, there's a good backstory. Anyway, have a good one. Ciao. So what is it? So what's your favorite if I'm snack? trying to think of like, uh, what do I want to eat? Um, the answer is pussy. <laughs> okay. Yeah? My favorite snack. Uh, okay. Yeah. No. Um. Snack. I don't know. What? What's yours? Oh, I really like um. Uh, heavy whipping cream. Yeah. <laughs> my good. kids know that sound. They come running from all over the house. Mm. Like, I want some. I want some. And uh, so yeah, I don't have any. Um, I don't have any pride. Right. Or right. anything like that. Yeah, I like heavy whipping cream a lot. Um, yeah, that. And I mean, I- mine's anything that's available. <laughs> like, we don't usually have, oh, I don't know, sometimes, like, we don't have, like, snacky stuff. Mm. But when we do, like, I'm all over it. Yeah. Uh, maybe, you know, okay, favorite crunchiest thing would probably be, like, Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its oh yeah, cold. yeah. Cheez-Its are great, dude. The new Cheez-Its where it's just burnt, like just mildly burnt Cheez-Its. Ooh. Oh, dude. Yeah. So it used to be like you'd come across like an occasionally overdone Cheez-It. Uh-huh. You're like, Ooh. You'd be like, oh, forbidden Cheez-It. Now they just produce a whole box of them, and it's oh, it's so fabulous. Yeah. That's like a snack that like I don't. They come in giant boxes, and I'm like I could just never stop eating. Yeah, it. I'm like a wiener dog. I have no off switch. It's just like, oh, 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 oh. 
Tis no man. <laughs> Tis a remorseless eating machine. Uh, yeah. Oh, how did we meet? We've talked about that before. We used to work with each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We yeah we worked at a well. I started. Bryce worked at an agency, a marketing agency, for a while, a couple months, and then I got interviewed. And we both lived in Vancouver, so I thrust myself upon him as a carpooling. I literally went home to my wife that night after the interview, and she's like, "How'd it go?" And I was like, "It went really well." There's this one guy who is really like uh, too much. He he like came on and like basically insisted that I carpool him. To mm-hmm. work, mm-hmm. like he was like, "Oh well, you'll we'll carpool then." And I oh, was yeah, like, yeah. "I was like so off put by that." Like, like I yeah. was just like, "Oh!" Now that I know you now, I'm like, "Wow, that." I'm, I'm surprised you accepted the job offer because that'd be enough to be like, "Jesus Christ, I don't want to work with that." Guy. So I was so irritated by it. I was like, n- "He had some fucking balls on him, dude." Like, I like I don't want. No, I'm not. Gonna- I was so. Okay, here's here's the context. The commute horrible. Is horrible. Horrible. Like 40 minutes at least to go 16 miles. To go 16 miles and it's both ways. Yeah. You know, and uh except one way going back has a carpool. Lane. Has a carpool lane that you just sit and you watch all these people just like zoom. I I never respect that. I was in that the other day with me, yeah. just me. Fuck that. Fuck fuck Portland. God damn fuck Portland. Well, so I mean, much. I went to PSU uh for for my undergrad and like I saw police pull people over enough times where I was like mm. like I would I would risk it. A it's certain, worth certain the number of times. It's worth the cost of the ticket. I d- it's it's so much of your stupid life wrapped up in sitting in needless traffic while a lane sits open? Fuck you. I'll pay the $100 ticket. Well, Eat know, my ass, Portland. God damn it, I hate Portland so much. Society has rules. Fuck. Ugh, society has rules, yeah. And I pay to ignore them. There is a option B. Um. So anyways, we carpooled. And we hit it off pretty quick. I don't think you regretted it. No, uh, no. Although, um, you know, I was an annoying person, more of an annoying person back then. I mean, we both were, didn't know how to be with each other. Well, yeah, I mean, we, (laughs) I, we carpooled for a while and then like I found there was like a very prickly side of you that like I inadvertently would trigger. I was like, that's But you also liked to do it. And then I would like to do it because, because I like, you know, you're a guy, you, you give your friend shit, you know, to get, to get their reaction. Finally, I just had to say, you can't do this. I'm going to fucking have a heart attack in this car. If you do this all the time. Yeah. And I didn't realize it wasn't like, well, cause David's very grandiose, very boisterous. So it was more of like, I was assuming, you know, well over 50% of that was show, you know. Um, none of it's show. No. <laughs> you are that upset all the time. <laughs> Imagine how exhausting that is. Yeah, I can't. It's horrible. I, ugh. Your nerves just must be just frayed. <laughs> That's a good 
a good way to put it. Just every nerve is like a billion split ends. Yeah. It's like you've bleached your nerves. Let's stop talking about my nerves right now. It's getting on my nerves. <laughs> we got another call. Nope, that was it. Cool. Okay, so we should introduce uh, this bird. So, welcome to the show, this bird from Instagram, this underscore bird underscore. Um, he's a great artist that supports the arts because he gave us a lot of money, lot of money. to do this episode. Um, like, we, we just reviewed um, The Possession of Hannah Grace. Um, you'll listen to it afterwards, but do you, did you, I bet you're curious about what our takes on it. Do you want to hear our scores? Yeah, I'd certainly love to know what y'all thought about it for sure. Yeah, so I I really I I didn't know how it was how it was going to go at the start of this movie it was a little it felt a little slippy. It felt a little like, uh, I don't know. But then it it really pulled it out with like <clears throat> the setting and the camera work and uh and just kind of it was a really unique take on the whole possession genre. And so for me, it worked real well. And I really liked the addiction through line. Like I got a lot of, um, I got a lot of kind of like personally meaningful stuff out of the addiction stuff. So I gave it an eight. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I think it's a good movie. Um, I wasn't as effusive with the praise as, as David, but like I really liked a lot about it in terms of like the craft. I thought the way they handled exposition and setting up the movie in the first like 15 minutes was like really good um and there are some good scares and i like that they went against type of the possession movie and didn't focus exclusively on the slow decline and then eventual exorcism um so that was really interesting um but i don't know i wasn't like super engaged I, i didn't really feel like there was a lot of stakes with the main character it it felt a little like paint by numbers of like you should feel you should feel like scared that she's gonna relapse or you should feel scared that she's gonna die because because she's the main character and speaking of birds yeah sounds like there's birds this bird is there? Do you got birds in? in, in I'm outside right now. It's nice. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Um, I do not. No, not personally. No. Wow, that's almost like the kookaburro in the in the uh, drain out oh, yeah. videos. That might actually be. That might actually be too loud to continue recording that way. Is it? Is it real loud for y'all? Yeah, it's pre- It's pretty loud. Wow. Yeah. Let me move on somewhere else then to make it a little less. Oh, and by the way. By the way, just FYI, um, if like, feel free to speak as candidly as you want. Um, you you can cut out anything if you know if you say something that you end up thinking back and going, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. Uh, we can cut it out on the back end, so don't be you know don't be worried. Cool, very cool. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it was a good movie. Um, I I don't think I'll watch it again, but like it was. It was really entertaining and and pretty good. Oh, the other thing that I didn't like about it was like how repetitive it was with the kills. Like it got pretty repetitive towards the end when Hannah was actually killing a lot of people and basically doing the same thing. But um, I liked it. Um, I gave it a six 
Um, I, it didn't quite turn the corner for like must see, but it's uh, definitely uh, there's much worse possession movies out there. How, what what is your experience with this movie? How did you come to find it, and then how did you dis- land on it for the one that you wanted us to do a review on? Well, I couldn't really tell you how I stumbled upon it. I think it was just a new release back. I don't remember what year it was released, but I just happened to see it. I uh, went on Microsoft Store because I know there's a lot of things you know in theaters at the time that you can just go ahead and purchase and own. And I, uh, I did that. I think I watched it the same night. And I don't know. There was something with just the overall feel of it that uh, I enjoyed. I mean, obviously, it's actually one of the movies that actually did give me a few jumps here and there. But um, I don't know, really. I just, I had fun with it when I watched it. I mean, I watched alone, of course, so, you know, that doesn't help at all. But, um, yeah, no, it was, it's fun. I just enjoy it very much. And plus, possession movies are kind of something I enjoy, too, so... Might as well try it out and see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we just did the screening for The Exorcist, so, like, that was top of mind. And it's, I mean, I was afraid of, like, well, I just saw The Exorcist. Like, any other possession movie is going to kind of pale in comparison, but it's not really comparable. It's not what this movie is about at all. Yeah, it's a fresh take on the same, on a similar, on the same genre, right? It's, it's a little different, yeah. Yeah. Which I'm glad to hear y'all's little event went well, too. I'm happy about that. Yeah, we're we're really happy about it, and uh, we got to start writing for the Burbs pretty soon here. Yeah, we do. Yeah, hey, so tell us a little bit about yourself and and uh, and your art, this bird. Um, I'm just an ordinary guy that likes to vandalize things by going out and painting. Um, it's kind of something that I started because of circumstance and life and just kind of being extremely depressed that I felt like that was kind of the outlet I had for myself. And in turn, by doing that, you know, however I was feeling, writing on walls, doing this, that, other people really connected with it, which kind of blew me away because it was, again, something that I was doing just for myself and now, you know, three or four years later, it's I have people commissioning me to paint in their house or their business for these smug birds that, you know, may give off a pretty judgy look, but, you know, are telling you to have, you know, the best day you can have or that they believe in you or, you know, just something simple that just kind of brings a little bit more happiness to this world. Yeah, it it it's something that... <clears throat> So going through your Instagram, I mean, it's clear that you it's clear that you understand the concept of a brand, right? Like like this bird is is pretty steadfast in all your stuff. Like he's the main he's the main main image, yes. Right. But then but then it's in a lot of different contexts and on a lot of different mediums and like, and it's always, it's, well, a lot of the times it's accompanied by like, so the ones I'm looking at are your most recent ones, uh, text that says stuff, like you said, that's just super uplifting. It's like, don't have a good day, have a great day. But it's next to this bird who's kind of like, 
stern, you know, mm-hmm. or like, don't give up or cheat. You got this like this. And the kind of that juxtaposition of <clears throat> this stern, like hard, uh, this hardened street, hardened bird <laughs> next to like these, I don't know, they're the uplifting messages. It just works kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really odd how it works, but it's almost like, I mean, people tell me all the time, they even <clears throat> make a game of it and will, you know, be driving around, keeping their eyes out, looking for the next bird. And I think what also helps is just it's the simplicity of it. I mean, you can see it from almost like a mile away and already know exactly what it is, which is pretty cool, too. Yeah. So have you gotten trouble from it? Have you gotten? <laughs> I've been uh, I've been caught twice. Uh, once was on my birthday and then another time was just. Uh, actually, maybe four or five months ago, um, I was never arrested for it. Thankfully, they just told me to cover up my shit and get out of there. So, needless to say, I covered up my shit and got out of there real quick. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so how? So how does? How, okay, I've always been curious about this, and I've even watched some documentaries about taggers and um, you know street artists and this kind of thing. <clears throat> but the, but the one thing that everybody kind of that I always want answered, but it's always so tongue in cheek. I feel like they just suppose it's already answered is like, what is that life like? You, you, you know what I mean? Do you, is it always at night? Do you always go out and do this at night? Tag things with your birds at night? Or is it you, how, like, how did it start and where is it now? It, um, I think it depends on where you're wanting to paint. I mean, there's there's things that people would say as a day spot, which is essentially somewhere where you can paint during the day that you don't have to be so worried about who's going to see you or anything. A lot of those places are usually in, you know, tunnels or other spots where not many people are traveling except those who are kind of in that lifestyle and know what they're looking for. Um, but, I mean, there's plenty of times, you know, I'll see a spot or a wall or something and yeah, the only real time to do that is at night with a little bit of cover. You know, I'm usually out at r- between midnight, 4 a.m. Between that time, out doing something. So Jeez. yeah, it's just a matter of the wall and, and where it is, really. So I mean, are you just doing this for a living now, or or uh, do you have another? It's uh, gig? I have a day job. It's a uh, it's grocery. So okay. certainly during the uh, pandemic time, it's been one hell of a time. But um, actually, with just in like the last week or so, I've kind of realized the job isn't as important as I've been making it. And so I'm actually slowly trying to transition to maybe making this art thing a full-time paying gig. And I think if I just put the time in, which I don't really have with the day job, um, I could probably do that easily and make a living off it. Yeah. It's such an interesting world. Like I have a friend that, uh, from high school, that's an artist now and he's, he's got a full-time artist. Yeah. Full-time artist. Yeah. And like, I mean, he's, he does like one kind of particular thing and and I think you find your niche in art and find like kind of a market for it. And, and, uh, 
figure out. But what he does, he's he's got these like strips of canvas that he paints, and he's got a partner that he does it with. But they uh-huh. they paint these strips of canvas, and then they put them on their edge in like a three D frame and do all these wigglies and stuff. And so it's this kind of cool, cool. perspective three D three D art. Um, and whenever I see it, I'm like, oh yeah, I would. That's that's awesome. Like it, it's something that would look awesome hanging anywhere. And you know he sells it for thousands of dollars, and I'm like, "Wow, what am I doing in SEO?" <laughs> like, but I'm, I don't, I don't have the. You look at that and you're like, "Well, obviously, I don't have the talent or the eye for it, you know, to start off." But that, that's kind of interesting, like how how people find like their style and their kind of niche or brand and. uh make that valuable you know mm-hmm. i'm super curious to know you you said i you said something to the extent of i've recently i've i've realized that my day gig is not as important as i thought it was how did you get to that moment in you know what did that moment look like like what was that thought um it was like hey i can i can waste a bunch of money on a podcast that I like. What What am I doing working at a grocery store if I can just sell these paintings? What is wrong with me when I can just sell paintings and then, you know, provide money for some people I enjoy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, um, well, I, I think like I've kind of told y'all before, you know, I listen to y'all at work all the time and everything. And I think there's just a kind of a feeling of hanging out with y'all. And since, you know, I have, you know, social anxiety and just other things. I, I just tend to keep to myself and just stay by myself. I think Dave and I kind of talked a little bit of, you know, just how I, I'm very untrusting of many people. So it's just kind of, you know, yeah. safest thing to do is to stay with yourself. But um, with work, I, uh, I'd, be go- I'd be driving to work at 5 a.m. and I'm having a panic attack. Mm. And... I'm sitting there just thinking, like, why I'm, I'm going to work. Why the hell am I starting to freak out before I've even punched in, before I've even heard anything? Right. And with that, it's just, I don't know. I'd say at times it's even just killed my entire mood to want to paint or to even do anything else. And, again, you know, COVID and the pandemic and all has kind of heightened it that and it's just made it difficult to even hire people right now which you would think would be a very simple thing to do but you know company and other stuff you know paying people we don't have people applying so i'm working 48 56 hours a week and i've just kind of came to a point where it's like why am i why am i putting so much time into these people into this company when they're not going to be helping me with anything regardless of what it is I need. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's like a constant struggle. Like I'm, I'm the same way with work. I'm like, I get so drained and like anxious and like messed up from basically just super menial, menial, easy bullshit that like it takes, it takes me like very little time to do my job. But, like, the majority of the time and dread is just spent, like, not wanting. Obsessing to... over the thing that you don't want to do. Right. Um, and so, like, that's the thing that was weird with the podcast is that 
you start this thing and it's like, um, I mean, there's a little bit of anxiety and like responsibility around it, but, uh, but you, you do this thing and it's work. You spend a lot of time on it, except instead of feeling drained and dread, dread doing it, like it's free energy. It's yeah. like, wow, I'm, you recharged. I'm recharged. I'm happy. There's something to like feel good about creating and like providing something that people like. And like that is way more easy to focus on um, versus work. And yeah, same, same deal. Like sometimes the stress from work just makes it harder to work on the podcast or like focus on the podcast. Yeah, um, it's like your, your energy just isn't there for it then. Right. And so, I mean, that's our dream too, is like, I hope we get to a point where we can pay each other a decent salary and still do this and, and quit our day jobs and just do this full time. And, you know, it's, it's, it's weird because like, how do you, how do you do that? How do you jump in, you know, with both feet? And we're always waiting for that like inflection point of like, (laughs) well, this is obviously where it's going to like we can jump off right now and maybe not make as much, but we'll, we'll be fine until it gets up to the point. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Yeah. But it's good to, it's good to have both to have like the J O B and have like a outlet artistically that can also get you some extra cash. I, and, and I think you got a really, really cool, like I'm just sifting through your Instagram and, and you have so much cool shit going on i don't think you're gonna have any problem making that transition because i mean it's just kind of undeniable shit you know and so what made you land on the bird yeah i um well i've always had the nickname of bird you know many years back and everything i've always joked that my nose is so big that it's like a beak you know so (laughs) i you know when i had hair it used to be just kind of all up in the air like woodstock and everything um so originally it was, that was what I wanted to, to write was bird. And the more I kept going out, painting, writing or writing my name, I just, I just hated how my letters were. I just didn't like how it looked. I just, it just all felt terrible to me, but there was still that desire to want to go out and paint. There was a lot of feelings that I was actually feeling for the first time in so long by going out and painting. So I wanted to keep that momentum going. And I was like, well, why not try a character instead? Something that is a little bit more simple to do that I can get up quickly and, you know, do what I want to do. And that's how the bird kind of originated. And then the name Drib is actually just bird spelled backwards. Hmm. So that's kind of the name that I tag and we'll leave that as my little signature name Hmm. it's so so basically you didn't like your signature and so you made your signet you turned yourself into the artist formerly known as bird so how did people how did people find you like how do you go from just graffiti to patrons uh just i basically put it out as i call it it's my free advertising Uh you know with my my artwork and then um Basically, the people just search for me and find me, and then they'll find my Instagram, and from there they'll okay. follow and make their requests or whatever. Then, but yeah, I don't, I don't really 
shout out anything. I don't leave my handle or anything on any of the stuff I do. They just word to mouth. Also, you know, people share it to someone else and they'll contact me. So, cause that's the most impressive. It's like people are finding you too. Like, yeah, please take my money. That That's, that's, that's cool. I would imagine Google reverse image search helps as well, but if you're not shouting yourself out, I'm going to, you can find this bird at uh, this underscore bird underscore on Instagram, but don't, and there's a lot of good shit on there, but don't sleep on his, uh, on his merch, which is this bird dot big com. You got any other spots you want, you want to plug while I had right now, those are the only two that I have. So you got some amazing shirts and I'm super jealous of your the sticker bird pack that has that has glitter in it. I'm gonna buy yes. one of those for my girls because anything that's got glitter in it, my girls are like just hook it to my veins. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah those glitter birds are certainly a popular one right now. So dude, do you want to uh do you I don't know how much time you have. Do you have first of all, thank you so much again. Yeah. Um, wow, that, thank y'all. It's been a blast listening to y'all. And, yeah, we really appreciate it. So we've, I, I've got a couple games lined up. If you're, if you're game to to play them, um, I'm totally down. Yeah. So we have planned uh, bad reviews for good movies, and then also the Rotten Tomatoes game. I've got a yeah. Um, so let's do bad reviews for good movies first. Have we done the thing before? Um, I don't think so. Okay, let's do it. Thing so okay okay so yeah so bad reviews for good movies is a bit where we go to google reviews and find one star reviews of indisputably good horror movies right like jaws or alien right right or the thing or the thing from 1982 so here's uh here's one from benjamin statler he says uh, one star looks amazing. The quality couldn't be better. I'd give this one stars if I could. Also, a dog dies, which is gonna be my favorite if I watch it. My Snapchat is I forgot. What? The thing about good reviews, the thing about bad reviews for good movies, is it's is you're sifting through the most insane people yeah. ever, they, and sometimes they give it a good review. Yeah, they're like, best movie ever. Scared the pants off of me. One star. <laughs> um, you, do you got it up? Yeah, uh, I have one from Troy Gomes here. Trashy and boring as it looks. Nothing happened until the last 10 minutes of the movie. Very dull and slow paced. Save your time. Movie was boring and very little action. Now, this bird, is that sound like the thing? The thing. John Carpenter is the thing to you. It was not. I, th- I mean, I enjoyed that movie a whole lot. Trashy and boring as it looks. <laughs> like, this is universally the, one of the most entertaining and beloved mm-hmm. horror movies of all time. Um, Damien O'Brien gives it one star and says, Just an awful, terrible movie. If I could assign minus five stars to this abomination, then I gladly would. Ugh. Uh, Sage... Uh, says, would give zero if could. <laughs> Haven't seen it, <laughs> but I hear a dog dies. Someone get PETA on the case. 
Hey, I, what are your, what are your go-to, what are your, like some of your favorite, uh, horror movies, this bird? Oh man. Um, you can, you can, you can list a couple. I can list a couple. I don't even know if I can think of a couple like that. Um, well I do know there is one, you know, that I absolutely enjoy and would watch it anytime it's on, um, Dawn of the Dead. The uh, two thousand two thousand four, four yes. With Vic Rames, yeah. I don't know what it is with that one, but there's just I think it's just because it basically just starts, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it's just zombies suddenly going on. So it's like there's no there's no build up to any of it. It's just like you just wake up suddenly and holy shit, there's zombies everywhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I could say any zombie movie would be appealing to me i just kind of i mean I'll, I'll watch a horror movie as i'm drawing so i mean i just pretty much put anything on and as i'm working on it i'll always be watching or listening you know doing something like that cool man yeah i i used to be the same way until i had to watch them all the time for <laughs> nine no, and like, you have to pay attention to them now i have like, to pay attention to i might them. have to talk about this later sucks sucks the energy out of me um Okay, one last one. Um, this uh, okay. Sachilla. Yeah, you go ahead and read it. Yeah, Sachilla says one star. Trash doesn't make any sense. At my mom makes sense more than this movie, Sussy. Yeah, so right. there it is. Bad all right, well, there you go. Bad reviews for good movies. Um, they're not all great. This uh, one. Do you want me to play us into the Rotten Tomatoes game? Yes, let's do it. Okay, here we go. Oh, the Rotten Tomatoes. Here it is. It's the okay. Man, we haven't done this one in a long time. I know. It's so, been a while. So normally um, how this game is played is we is I give you two movies and you have to guess which one scored higher on Rotten Tomatoes. We're going to uh, do it a little... Critically. Yeah, we're going to do it a little different um, today since we have two players. We're going to pit you guys against each other and you have to you have to give a score that you'd guess it as and closest to the actual score wins. Okay. So you're giving us one movie, one movie, and we're going to score the movie. Right. uh, Based on what we think the critic score is. Right. Yeah. Keep your hands where I can, where I can see them. This bird. I don't want no Googling. (laughs) We're good. Um, and you'll get an extra point if you're right on the money. Okay. So you can get two points if you get if it's if the critic score is seventy eight right. points and you guess seventy. Actually, I'll points. give you two points if you get it right on. The yeah, line. that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, these are all going to be exorcism or possession movies. Gotcha. Let me get a pen so I can write down the score. Okay. Um, all right. First off, two thousand twenty one's The Exorcism of God. Uh, synopsis says Peter Williams, an American priest working in Mexico, is considered a saint by many local parishioners. However, due to a botched exorcism, he carries a dark secret that's eating him alive until he gets an opportunity to face his own demon one final time. The exorcism of God just last year. OK, I'll go first. Um, we'll take turns going first just so that we both have a fair, mm-hmm. fair shot at it. I don't recall, I mean, I vaguely recall seeing or hearing about this movie, so I might not have even seen or heard about it. 
So my reasoning here is I don't think this was a very big movie at all. It sounds bold to like go for the exorcism of God. Um, so I'm going to say not a fabulous movie. I'm going to put it at a 30, at just a flat 30. I'm going to say critics put this at a 30. Okay, 30. What do you, what do you say? I actually feel like I just scrolled by this movie the other day and um, kept scrolling on by. So that probably tells you how much I was interested in it, actually. Um, Man, I'm just going to go a little bit higher and say it was 40, 43 the bird is the winner. The oh. score is 58%. Damn. Almost fresh. Um, so Brian takes the lead with the first point. Next movie is The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Oh, we just watched this one or just talked about this one a lot. 2005, um, Reverend Moore, played by Tom Wilkerson, is prosecuted for the wrongful death of a girl thought to be demonically possessed because he administered the church-sanctioned exorcism that ultimately killed her. 2005. This is this is one of my favorites. Have you seen this one, This Bird? I have, yes. And it's actually one that I enjoyed, too, that uh, anyone I met who didn't see it, I was like, all right, well, I know what we're going to do. We're going to watch this movie yeah. because you're going to love it. Um, yeah, where are you I, going with it? I mean, I want to go super high with it for sure. Um Let's go ahead and, and just because I enjoy the movie and I imagine many other people do since, you know, I got David right here to say that too. Um, let's go with uh, 89. Okay. See, so the first number that popped into my head was 78. I'm going to say 78 because I think, <clears throat> I think, you know, just the way Rotten Tomatoes work, it, 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 it it's it's not going to be quite as high as an 89. That's my mm. guess. We'll go 78. Okay. Neither one of you were close at all. It scored 44. So David gets the win. 44. Not even close to fresh. That's so sad. Yeah. The exorcism of God is better. Right. According to critics. There you go. Yeah. Well, what do they know? What do, what do they know? <laughs> all right. Now we got The Possession. From 2012, yeah. uh, when their young daughter, M, played by Natalie Callis, becomes strangely obsessed with an antique wooden box brought from a yard sale, parents Clyde, played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and Stephanie, played by Kira Sedgwick, oh, wow. see little cause for alarm. However, M becomes increasingly <laughs> wow unstable, <laughs> leading the couple to fear the presence of a malevolent force. David, what's your score? Yeah. Okay, so I remember this movie. I never saw it, um, but I do remember it being causing a minor hullabaloo. Um, but I can't imagine it's very good. I but I don't I don't know enough about it to really f- feel confident trashing it entirely. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play safe and just say fifty fifty percent five zero. Okay. What do you say? I um I have seen the movie. It's. It's enjoyable. Then again, I think I'm just kind of easily amused with most things. Um, 
yeah, I had fun with that movie too. I'm 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 going a little higher. I'm gonna say it's sixty. Okay. What do we got? What do we got? 39%. David pulls ahead. Yes. Critics are not kind to exorcism and possession movies. Well, like you said, I mean, the first one was the best one ever. Maybe the best horror movie ever made. Ever, maybe. Yeah. So it's hard. It's hard to do. All right. So next we got The Last Exorcism from 2010 after years of going... The faithful cleric Cotton Marcus, played by Patrick Fabian, feels remorse and decides to expose his chicanery through filming a documentary. With a crew in tow, Marcus arrives at a Louisiana farm and devout Louis farm of devout Louis Sweetser, okay. who believes that his daughter Nell is possessed. Uh, exorcism, the last exorcism. This one I've actually seen. I believe this isn't the one with Anthony Hopkins, is it? No, that's the last rites. I think. Yeah. The last exorcism. I so think, I think this bird. Yeah, gets this I think one. this bird goes first. Oh, I go first. Um, they uh, believe they made a second one to this, didn't they? The last exorcism two. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, just kidding. This is the last one. Right. Yeah. No. It's uh. I don't know. I have seen that one as well. Um, of course, I'm thinking high. Because I want to score it high, and be, maybe because there's a, a second one with it. Um, but I'm I'm gonna play it safe and keep it low and say 45. 45. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna undercut you. I'm gonna I'm gonna hop on this Bob Barker style and say 44. Wow. Just hop right underneath. Bold. Closest without going over. The bird wins. It's 72 oh. percent. The last exorcism. What? Yeah, this I remember this one was a pretty good one. It was a it was like a found footage. Did you see it? Uh-huh. Oh. It was kind of a it was one of the better found footage movies of the time. Oh. This this is it. This was set in the south? Mhm. I've been looking for this movie for years. I went and saw it in the theater with my brother and his total bitch girlfriend at the time and my wife, my now wife, and um Yes, yes, this is the one with like satanic rites and stuff. Right. Oh, I have to watch this movie tonight. What's it called again? The, the Last Exorcism. The Last Exorcism. Oh boy, this is great. Okay, and this episode's titular movie, The Possession of Hannah Grace from 2018. Uh, we all know what that is because we just talked about it for about an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, so, David, it's your turn. Okay. Whew. I did like this movie. We're at a tie right now. Just, you know. Um, I did like this movie. I think it did better than average. I'm going to put this at a 66. Can't go wrong. There's a lot of sixes in this episode. Mm-hmm. This bird mm-hmm. just spent $666 getting us to review this movie mm-hmm. and supporting us to the tune of $666. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say 66. What do you say, bird? I... um. Dang, I was gonna place it in the sixties too. Um, Do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with sixty-five. I'm gonna play Dave Brown's game. Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. Here it is. Coming down to the wire, baby. Well, hey, what's the score, Bryce? It's a tie. Oh shit! Two-two. Um, except for now, Bird pulls ahead. Ah. Oh. What is it? What's the? 
this is going to be depressing. The score is 18%. Oh! 18%. That seems way too low. Did that uh, did that influence your score at all having looked this up ahead of time? Um it might have a little bit. I think I gave it a 7 and then I was like I had to think about it for a while. I was like, uh, yeah, no. you're you're swayed. I'm swayed. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. It's it's what's important is that is that you can you can reflect and be honest. Well, it's like you know, you give it a 7 and I'm like, I don't know if that's right though. And like what's I right? I doubt it. You know? Yeah. I don't what? know. Because we just reviewed the the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre and gave that a seven. So I was like, I mean, this isn't worse than that, but Dude, people have been shitting yeah. all over us for giving that score, by the way. Yeah. This bird what did you say your score for for this movie would be for the possession of Harry Yeah, Grace? If you hadn't have heard David's score first, what would have you given it? Just because I personally enjoy it a bunch. Um I'd probably I'd probably hit eight, maybe nine for it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that feels about right to me. Anywho. Well um, okay, moving on. We we still got I think I got ten in total, so we're Oh, we're, I thought that was about, a tiebreaker. I thought that no, was No, we're it. about halfway through. Um I've got Jesus. Pretty much most of the Exorcist movies coming up, so this is where it starts getting interesting. Exorcist two, the heretic. Owing to his experience with exorcism, Father Lamont, played by Richard Burton, is chosen by his superiors to investigate the death of Father Marin, who died during the exorcism of young Reagan McNeil. Heretic. It, the, the Exorcist 2. It's the bird this time, I think. I um, don't believe I've seen this one. I'm just going to go with the first number that jumps into my head and say 38. 38. I'm going to say, what was the title of it? Exorcist 2, The Heretic. Oh, I'm going to the Exorcist. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to go right nearby. I'm going to say 44. I don't think this was reviewed well. You're right, David. It was not reviewed well. It got 10%. Oh, wow. Wow. So tied up again. Uh, No, Bird is... Is oh, a double. Oh, yeah, that's right. He got he got he got the last one too. I thought I got it for some reason. Okay, so um next up we got a kind of a, a different movie. Possessor Uncut. Oh, that was a great movie. Twenty twenty. So. Have, have you seen Possessor this bird? I um I have. I actually only watched it after I listened to y'all's review on it. So um Did you agree with us? Did you I like have. it? Oh yeah, no, it was it was certainly a lot of fun. That movie was good for sure. So yeah, for people that haven't seen it, it's about a corporate assassin that takes control of other people's body using brain implant technology. I this is Cronenberg's kid directed this one and uh and I loved it. I got to imagine this is a 94. What do you think this bird? I want to say it's pretty high up there too. Um I'm going to go ahead and say 89. What do we got? Okay. We got someone right on the money. Damn, somebody got the actual score? Someone got right on the money. I bet it was this bird. And it was David. I was going to say the higher number, yeah. 94%. So you get 
an extra two points, so you get... So we tied it up. No, you're pulled ahead. You're one ahead. Oh, shit. So, wow. I mean, this all of a sudden became very dramatic. It's anybody's game again. It's anyone's game. Next is the best movie of... Uh, horror movie of all time, in my opinion, The Exorcist in from 1973. We just did the live screening of this. It's uh, about the possession of a little girl and an exorcism. We watched the director's cut at our live screening, and I hadn't realized that it was going to be the director's cut. Mm. And uh, and there was a bunch of extra shit in there that I was like, what is all this extra shit in here? <laughs> anyway. Um. Well, I remember when I watched that movie when I was much younger, it scared the living shit out of me. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put it up high and and say eighty six. There's a lot going on with this score, right? So at the time, I don't know that it was reviewed fabulously. I think it was so shocking that it actually turned a lot of people off. But I got to imagine that since then, reviews have mm-hmm. <laughs> have swayed it back into like that. No, this is undeniably good. Um, he said, "What did you say, this bird?" He said, "86." Oh man. I'm going to say 96. I'm going to give myself an even smaller window of, of of being able to succeed. This one is the bird was very close Ooh. to this one. It was given an 84. So oh. it was only 2 2 percentage points off. So you guys are you guys are tied up with two left. 84. So we might end with a tie or maybe someone will pull ahead. In what world does the exorcist get 84? Yeah, I don't know. People it's aren't cr- into it. That's crazy. Well, we could go on Google and find out. <laughs> Bad reviews for good movies. Um, okay. The last two are also Exorcist sequels slash prequel. Um, okay, so an Exorcist prequel. Exorcist, The Beginning from 2004. Father Marin, played by Stellan Star- Skarsgård, is haunted by his experiences in World War II when occupying Nazi troops forced him to be complicit in their atrocities in the aftermath, yada, 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 yada. What's the name hmm. of it? Exorcist, The Beginning. So this is from 2004. I think this is the year where there was actually two or th- there was like two Exorcist prequels kind of back to back. There was this one and I think there was Dominion or some other one. Okay. Um. Uh. Man, this is a long recording, dude. Um. I don't know. Uh, I guess I'm gonna just I'm gonna do my safe thing and go fifty percent because I have no idea on this one. I don't. I've never heard of it. I don't remember it. That's what I'm gonna say. 50. Okay. Yeah. He's on the fence. Yeah. What do you say, Bird? I mean, I can't say my guess is gonna be any better. I feel like I've seen the movie, but I'm sure I'm probably just thinking of a different movie. I'm gonna go lower and say thirty-two. Okay. Uh, good instinct, because it was 10%. Wow. So the bird pulls ahead. Okay, last question. Uh, best you can do, David, is tie up, unless you... Uh, unless I get it dead on. Get it dead on. Okay. This one is The Exorcist 3 from 1990. Police Lieutenant Kinderman, played by George C. Scott, notices similarities between the current murder investigation and the methods used by... The Gemini Killer, played by Brad Dourif, who was executed oh. 15 years before. He soon discovers a hospitalized mental patient, Jason Miller, claiming to be dead 
the dead serial killer, but who looks uncannily like the priest Kinderman knew who died during an exorcism. Brad Dourif is a familiar name. Is that the Child's Play fella? Yeah, he's the voice of Child's Play and a lot of other stuff. Yeah, yeah. He was like Wormtongue and more of the Rings. Yes, that's right, yeah. This bird gets to go first. Exorcism. I've not seen this movie at all. Um, well, I'm going to do what I did last time. Keep it generally low and go with 25. So if I wanted to really secure a win or a, a tie here, I would just go 26 just because there's so many points directly above 25. Right, I mean, right, that's, right, that's right. what I do, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take the easy way out. I want to win this thing. And uh-huh. I've heard from Bryce that I haven't seen this movie, but I've heard that this is a pretty good movie. Um, not necessarily uh, super true to the exorcist theme, but good. Nonetheless, I'm going to say, I'm going to try and get the actual score. I'm going to say 67%. 67%. David wins <gasps> that round. Oh. Because it's it's uh, 59%. Oh, dang. So nine away. So um, we're tied. So you're tied. You guys end in a tie game. Hooray. Hooray. Oh, hang on. Wait. I think I have a, I think I have a drop for this. It goes something like... Uh, where's yay? Here it is. Oh, yay, David! Yay! Yay! Yay, David! I was able to pull out a tie. <laughs> yeah. You're lucky. If you didn't get that one right on the money, you would have lost. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, but now, isn't a tie just a loss for everyone? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Ties <laughs> first lost. Play. I don't know. Very good. All right. Well, that's the game, and that's the episode for today. Thank you so much bird for supporting the show and uh kind of blowing our minds that um miracles someone, really do come really true. miracles really do come true <laughs> um yeah anytime you want to reach out you know we're here for you yeah um but yeah that was a good recommendation um this one slipped by and i'm glad that we we covered it today um so uh any any parting words bird just Keep doing what y'all are doing because, shit, y'all have me laughing probably more than I need to be, but y'all are y'all are some great people, and I appreciate what y'all do, so well, please you. keep it going. Thank you, man. That means a lot to us. That does mean a lot. You're a good person, too, and you guys make sure to check out uh, this bird stuff over on his Instagram at this underscore bird underscore, and don't, don't sleep on his shop over at thisbird.bigcartel.com because he's got some fucking banging stuff. So check him out and support him because he's supporting us. Yeah. And, you know, the gauntlet is thrown down. Go to our Patreon if you want us to review the movie that you've been waiting for. You know what you got to do. Yeah. You know, you got to sell some paintings. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we'll see you next time. Um, Bye-bye. Bye. Looking for a podcast? Full of burps and gas, perverted cast, skinny and fat, look no further. Horror movie talk is accidentally funny, begs to donate money, fake sponsors for dummies, and so much more. New episodes every hump day. 
the pickle your dickle for foreplay patreon members have it your way vote for a movie every month for the review chopper chopper don't just stare at it eat it like a taco put your tongue through the phone hoodie picasso look at them hot kids swear not a pedo got me too with cosby eating jello pudding pops done gave bryce flatulence train addict addict dave doesn't give a shit one through ten is it horrible or excellent oil me up daddy is dinner while sent kiss bryce hansen look at them hot kids chris henson masturbate with a crucifix exorcist face huggers chest bursters alien linda blair peed on sigourney weaver i know it's true because it came from social media Patrick Bateman can't understand you. Stab you to death for rotten apple reviews. Opinionated podcaster with a doctorate. Spook allergy, doctor of philosophy. Bad gastritis, knee colostomy. Turn Patreons into human centipedes. David Doobie Day, scare him, no, no expert. A global fucks hard, professional sex expert. After pods, taglines, and porno flicks. Train addict, addict, Dave doesn't give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner rubs. Nothing good happens in the woods. Always get more than you bargain for. Got a pickle to dickle, machines tickle bitties. Vancouver, Portland, Oregon, and organs. Corona, COVID, curse, Lorona. Green River Killer, because reasons. Hallway of Poop Monster Kids screaming. Ain't your ordinary dingleberry itinerary. 30 days shutter and jump scares ain't fucking scary. Time for the spoilers with jokes and tropes. Use their white socks to catch their loads. To show them one titty, pretty. Paganism you should worship, they Teflon dips. Pacific Northwest, let them see one breast. Shifty ass, they spooky, poor man's digress. Bugsy. HMT. Horror movie talk. Hold on, they don't like Halloween. Fuck them.